You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the Rand Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee. And I'm Evan Banks. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from Rand's latest research and commentary. It's August 12th. A RAND survey fielded in January of this year examined how two often politicized topics, the implementation of COVID-19 safety measures and classroom conversations about race, racism, or bias, have affected educators' well-being, instructional practices, and more. Here are some key takeaways from the nationally representative poll of teachers and principals. Nearly half of principals and teachers said that the intrusion of political issues and opinions into their professions was a job-related stressor. One quarter of teachers surveyed reported having been directed to limit classroom conversations about political and social issues. And many of the educators we surveyed, 37% of teachers and 61% of principals, experienced harassment related to their school's COVID-19 safety policies or classroom policies about race and racism during the first half of the 2021-2022 school year. The educators who reported being harassed about these issues experienced lower levels of well-being and worse perceptions of the climate in their school or school district. And they were more likely to cite the intrusion of political issues as a reason for considering leaving their jobs. These findings suggest that educators need more support managing politicized issues in their schools and classrooms. What might this support look like? Well, it could include clearer communication from leadership and increased support from teacher preparation programs and in-service professional learning. You can find the complete survey results at RAND.org. Six months into Russia's war with Ukraine, there are two dueling interpretations of what's happening on the ground. The first narrative, and seemingly the more dominant one, is that the Russians are slowly but surely grinding away at Ukraine's key defensive lines and slowly but systematically gaining ground. This view also claims that Ukraine finds itself close to exhaustion, having suffered significant casualties and equipment losses. According to this narrative, the only prudent action would be for the West to pursue some sort of negotiated settlement with Russia, in essence trading land for a temporary peace before a bad situation gets even worse. The second interpretation is more optimistic, with a Ukrainian victory unfolding in the near future. This interpretation notes that Russian advances have stalled all along the front, and that Ukraine has used Western-supplied long-range precision artillery to neutralize Russia's principal military advantage, and the Ukrainian forces seem to be gearing up for a major offensive. If this is true, it would suggest that the best policy for the West is to double down on supplying Ukraine and allow it to hand Russia a defeat. So, which interpretation is more likely to play out on the ground? RAND experts recently weighed in on the debate, assessing three key areas on both sides of the conflict. Military material and equipment, personnel, and morale or the will to fight. While the outcome of the war is by no means clear, and Ukraine is unlikely to throw Russia back to its borders anytime soon, our researchers conclude that the balance of these three factors points toward a Ukrainian victory in the coming months. 
There is one important caveat, though. This narrative will only play out if the West does not blink first and move to pursue a negotiated settlement with Russia. Russia recently announced it would pull out of the International Space Station program after 2024. Moscow's threat to leave the space station might just be more bluster from the Kremlin at a time of heightened tension between Russia and the West. But it may also be another signal that Russia's profile in space is declining, a trend that's likely to continue, and is something that the U.S. could be preparing for now. Russia's demise as a space power has serious implications. For one, cooperation will be needed to transfer important responsibilities from the Russian space agency to NASA or one of the other international space station partners. How collaborative will Russia be in this endeavor? There are also longer-term space security risks. Once Russia is out of the space game, it may be less motivated to protect the low-Earth orbit environment from dangerous debris. And while it's unlikely that Moscow would specifically target the International Space Station in a conflict, Russia may now be less concerned about collateral damage to the station if it decides to attack other nearby satellites. To mitigate these risks, RAND researchers recommend that Washington consider taking deterrent measures now. One approach is to demonstrate tangible costs to the Russians for actions that create risk or damage to other spacefaring nations. The only way that Russia will regulate its space behavior, they say, is if Moscow sees a pattern of consequences for its actions. Racism is embedded in many American systems, and healthcare is no exception. In fact, racism has been cited as an important driver of health disparities in the U.S. There is ample literature showing differences in health outcomes by race. Take patient safety events, for example. These are preventable errors, such as medical errors or diagnostic errors, injuries or harm to a patient that occurs during the process of receiving care. Overall, patient safety events are understudied, but there is evidence to suggest that patient safety varies across people from different racial and ethnic backgrounds, and that minoritized patients are more likely to experience patient safety events. In a new report, researchers from RAND and MedStar Health examined this issue, looking at the intersection of racism and patient safety in healthcare settings. While this study only scratches the surface of this important issue, the authors provide some initial recommendations to help health systems improve patient safety and health equity. First, health systems should collect patient safety data with equity in mind so that they can better analyze patient safety events by sociodemographic factors and identify disparities. Second, health systems and patient safety reporting vendors should develop more efficient and user-friendly reporting systems so that healthcare providers are more likely to report patient safety events in the first place. Third, healthcare as an industry and medicine as a discipline should work to create a culture of speaking up, which could help prevent patient safety events caused by racism from happening. Fourth, and finally, health insurance reform is needed to address some of the underlying drivers of disparities related to patient safety. The National Institute for Standards and Technology recently selected new algorithms, seeking to establish a standard for post-quantum cryptography. What is post-quantum cryptography? 
also called PQC, it's an emerging form of cryptography that would defend against attacks from quantum computers. A new breed of supercomputers that are so powerful, they have the potential to break the cryptographic codes that currently protect much of our data online. As you can imagine, it's essential that these new PQC algorithms do their job. According to RAND experts, one way to ensure that these algorithms are up to the task is to hold a public hacking contest before the algorithms are rolled out widely. The strongest evidence for an algorithm's security, they say, is simply that many expert hackers have tried and failed to break it. In other words, the more people who try to attack the new PQC algorithms and fail, the more likely it is that they are secure. And if hackers do successfully break the algorithms, well, finding a flaw before they are deployed would be far less costly than addressing a major security vulnerability after the algorithms are rolled out. It may seem counterintuitive to ask people to break cryptography that will eventually be used by government and commercial organizations, but the stakes of post-quantum cryptography are incredibly high and it's important to have every possible assurance that these algorithms are secure. RAND researcher Mike Vermeer recently summed up the argument on Twitter, writing, hack the PQC algorithms now, before the bad actors do. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision-making through research and analysis. For more on today's episode, check the show notes at rand.org slash podcast. We'll see you next week.